You're listening to the Winnebus.net Podcast Network. They come from the bowels of hell, guided by a master plan on complete domination of the earth. It arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refunds. Once again, big thanks to Mr. Robert Summers for creating uh, our brand new theme there, which is kind of awesome. Anything for you guys. Anything to procrastinate from actually writing. And this so. is part two of our vampire episode. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and do that, where we talk about Nosferatu, Dracula, Only Lovers Left Alive, 30 Days of Night, Byzantium, Let the Right One In, and of course, the best one on the whole list, Life Force. <laughs> as well that was as, the ringer. As well as our look at the Belco experiment, which is not vampires, but it's a recent movie. But let's get right into it this week, starting back off the second choices we all had for our, our underrated or lesser seen vampire films with Rob who picked Daybreakers man I just I'm so glad you picked this because I've been yeah. waiting for an opportunity yeah. to like just an excuse to rewatch this right. when we got to see this movie in the theater we got to do an interview with the Spirit Brothers afterwards and it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done I thought First, there was only one set of twin uh, directors. No, there's quite a few. <laughs> there's not enough. No, there's, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, they're identical twins, and I like they were just so much fun. They yeah. were like right off the bat, me, Corey, and them were like bang, 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 like oh, and we're talking about all sorts of other fun stuff. And Daybreakers is, I think, more than anything, just a fun fucking movie. Yeah, um, I have to say, I picked this movie because of probably every oh, of every movie on this list. Um, this is the movie I would reach for first. Like, if I was at home and all these movies were on, on Blu-ray in front of me, this is the one I would probably watch first. It's just, it's a straight-ahead, kind of more genre-y, sort of action-y thrill. It's just everything in one. Um, and it's neat that it's a vampire movie. They're immensely talented filmmakers. I, I, I guess some people are mixed, but their first movie, Undead... I love Undead. I think is a blast. It's yeah. like a super cool, low-budget... Evil Dead meets Alien movie. It's it's a really fun movie. I didn't care for their latest uh, one. As really, much. Predestination. I yeah. really liked it, but yeah. I saw what it has people, its fans. Yeah. Um, but there's neat stuff going on. I'm confused why these guys are not bigger directors. They're, I think they're re, they're the guys they're uh, picked to re. They're rebooting the Saw. Saw, yeah. Saw Legacy. Yeah, they're cool, doing Jigsaw. Cool. But these guys, I almost feel like much better. They're doing the story of the Winchester House. I'm just surprised Marvel hasn't tapped these guys to do a superhero movie. Agreed. They just seem like someone who is going to bump like next level and all their movies are going to be hundred million dollar movies from now on. At least this movie, especially um, design wise, I guess I'm getting give us a plot. Yeah, tell the plot. Uh, man, I hope I can summarize it. But um, basically, this is in a, a set up in a world where there are where vampires have taken over and. It's this. It's it's set in the future, I guess. So twenty nineteen, actually. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a futuristic <laughs> film um, where vampires have taken over, and now everyone's a vampire. And there's a few remaining humans who are being farmed for food, but they've realized that um, they need a blood substitute because they're running out of humans to to gnaw on. So uh, Ethan Hawke is a conflicted person who kind of wants to go back to being human. And um, is trying to come up with this blood substitute and encounters the resistance, the, the remaining human resistance. I guess, is that? Yeah, yeah that would be what it is. Yeah, so, William Defoe. And, yeah, William Defoe, who is awesome. Um, this is a very cool movie. Like, it looks cool. Uh, that was one of the things I really, I remember just seeing it. 
and shows what great directors these guys are. It has a very Dark City, Blade Runner yeah. kind of look, which is cool because it's also... Future noir. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. And it's, uh, but yeah. it's also got a little bit of a, that retro noir thing. Everybody's wearing hats and suits and... Um, Smoke a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, no lung cancer when you're a vampire. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah, that's true. You're not going. Anywhere. First thing I would do when I got turned is start smoking again. Yeah. Um, that's a, well, I didn't even think about that. It's like just another benefit to being a vampire. Um, so uh, except for all those people who are like, oh, I just don't like the smell. They'd be like, what? fucking everyone you know smokes now. If you're I a former smoker, world. you would see that as a big. Yeah, plus. no, yeah, I like that's right. the first thing I thought of because Ethan Hawke's chain <laughs> smokes the whole entire yeah. movie, and I was just like. Yeah, I would totally do that yeah. too. Yeah. You'll be a vampire. You'll live forever. You're like, eh. You know, you'll like be super strong. Eh. All right, fine. You get to smoke all day. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah not age or you know have it like ruin your face or your teeth. No venereal right? disease. Um. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. I'm just saying. Is that a problem? Disease. For you? Disease wouldn't hurt you. So you'd be like, man, they, these vampires would be fucking in the streets. <laughs> like, well, like Bill Hicks said. Chris has got stories, folks. <laughs> Except for only lovers left alive, exactly. where they're really concerned with contaminated true, blood true. from STDs uh, and such. Yeah, I don't. Bill Hicks said when they if they cure AIDS, it's gonna be fucking in the streets. Like, what's your name, baby? How's it going? <laughs> Chris's vampire future. Everybody. Uh, um, yeah. Chris's version of Daybreakers is a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of half daybreakers, uh, half uh, what is that? What, what's uh, that? Porn that? is the word you're searching. <laughs> that, uh, Caligula. Caligula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Porn is what Porn. you're looking okay, for. I failed to see the problem. <laughs> Neither do I. I. I want Chris's vampire future. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Uh, <laughs> I'd watch it alone. I mean, I'd watch that movie alone. But yeah. until the May until. Yeah, yeah. right. I um, think it's funny because Ethan Hawke is kind of like the hipster vegan in this film. He yeah. is. He's the, he's the sort of emo, sad sack, hipster vegan. Yeah, definitely. The reality like, bites Ethan Hawke, if you yeah, will. Yeah, I, I don't eat humans, <laughs> uh, but you destroy them on a daily basis. Which they mentioned in, like, like kind of, okay, sure, we can drink pig's blood. Like, kind <laughs> of half ass. And then I kind of went, wait a minute, well, then why don't you just raise pigs? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, It's, it's not as satisfying. No, no, but throughout it, they say, like, the vampire plague's plaguing everything, not just humans. Mm-hmm. There's actually a really great quote in there. It goes, uh... Vampiric wildlife making its way into sunlight is the number one cause for forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Oh, shit, I oh, missed that. That's funny. amazing. It's on the TV in the background <laughs> when it shows like a, like a forest burning. It's like yeah. some squirrel fucking vampire <laughs> walked out <laughs> and exploded. Oh, that's that. Now I love this movie even more. It, yeah, it's really high concept. I, this it was is fun. like a fun, cool. I think and almost mainstream movie yeah. um, in a lot of ways. It so. was like if the Wachowskis made a vampire movie. That's it's really so well it. shot in like that sci-fi yeah. blue and orange toned way. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Very totally. noir. I totally agree. And I uh, honestly, a great cast, um, really all in too. You know, Ethan Hawke, Wayne Defoe, Sam Neill. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, there's not much I could recommend. If, you, if you're looking, for, like when people ask you, like, what movie should I watch this weekend? This is one I feel like you can recommend to anybody, even if they're not a horror fan. It's because it's, it's just, it's a cool, pitchable concept, and they do a really good job with it. Like, they, they shoot the shit out of it. They keep it fun. It's got um, some really terrific sequences in it. Um, there's a scene where there's a caravan that's, like, attacked. Uh, there's, um, and honestly, the, the last scene, I don't want to give away too much, but if you haven't seen it, but the last scene, they, um, the, the, there's a reverse on spreading the vampirism. And I remember the movie had set it up so well that when it started to happen, it really blew me away. Like I was like, oh wow, they totally set this up. Everything makes sense. It's purely visual. 
that kind of writing and storytelling is rare. I just think, like, it, you know, it's just a really smart movie made by smart directors. That, that final sequence you're talking about, it's funny. It's I was having a discussion with someone today who was like, I just thought it was so silly when I saw it, the whole audience what? laughed. I'm like, you were kind of supposed to laugh because yeah. it's so incredibly ironic like right. how it ends, but it's also incredibly disturbing at right. the same time. I, that was one of my favorite plays with everything film. you've watched before. What you, what you think about vampires is all of a sudden turned on its head. Yeah. And it's. It's really See, it's a stunning. I, I thought it would have been comedic if it would happen one time, but the fact that it happens twice really makes it more heavy. Yeah, like when you see what happens to these soldiers the first time, you go, "That's kind of." Then it goes, "Oh fuck!" They're being yeah. eaten, and it really it's works pretty, out well. It's oh, very yeah. cool. There's so many neat new things they add to their vampire lore, like you said. Yeah, the, idea great. Of the, the animals are going out and causing forest fires. The idea that, that you that you spike your coffee with blood. Yeah, yeah, and five percent, like, right yeah. at twenty percent. I love that. Yeah. You know, when they start starving, they turn into bat-like Nosferatu. And, and that was something I wanted to say. Was the, the yeah. very the, the very beginning of the movie has an amazing scene, and it's very simple. Oh, right. Where and it, that moment, I was told in the movie, in fact, I would say the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie were just, I was so You're talking about the there's movie. an intruder in the house. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say yeah. anymore, but it, it, it was just the, 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 the very, the, the, the first half of the movie, I lo- the second half, I, I think it's a little action movie for me, but I, I really, really love the, the, the world of this movie. The and cars. No, actually, I wanted to give a shout out to the cars because that those cars were fucking badass. Yeah. We had a '66 Mustang, a '57 Chevy Bel Air, and a '78 Pontiac Trans Am. Well, not just that, but the idea that the and way you would drive cars like that, the windows would would fog what, up so you could drive in daylight. Oh, with a right. Which is Willem Dafoe's character. He was one of the very first people to like make cars vampire friendly, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. And so those three cars I just named were Willem Dafoe's personal cars yeah. in the film. And those things, I'm a muscle car lover. Those things were bad. I mean, shout out to just that moment when they get the flat tire and it just... You're like, oh shit, you're you fucked, and then it just tire. automatically reinflates. I was like, dude, why isn't that a thing? Um, <laughs> my favorite moment, William Defoe. Is, this is an ugly fucking house. He has like, <laughs> my favorite line in the movie. I I I, I remember seeing an uh, an interview with Ethan Hawke around the time this came out, and it was probably right before Ethan Hawke had started to carve out that second phase of his career, where he was in these genre movies, which. I lo- shout out to Ethan Hawke. I love it. I love that phase of your career. I think it's great that he's doing that. Um, he said that his agent had sent him this script and said, you know, you should you should really read this. I think it's great. And he said, it's a fucking vampire movie. I don't want to read it. And he said, you really should read it. And he said, nah. And he read it and he said, wow, this movie is great. And he wanted to be a part of it. So that's the kind of script that it is. It's a really original, fun, interesting take on vampires. I, I just... Yeah, I'm, I'm with, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, I think yeah, we all. That. He said, I don't want to be in a genre movie unless it's about something. And he's like, oh, this is actually about something. And yeah. surely this wears its allegory on its sleeve. Yeah. But it's never so. It's it's like, it's not that it's heavy handed about it or lecture I mean, it just is what it is. It's, it's always a fun it's just a depletion of resources. Genre yeah, thriller. It's never about the message. I mean, you see why he was in The Purge as well, which is a horror movie, but clearly has a bigger thing to say. You know? Or Sinister, which yeah. I like. Yeah. And, I, and I will rarely say this. But I feel that this concept was wasted on a movie. I feel this is a ten-season-long show. Shouldn't would have made a they, great show. They yeah. created a world, and in like an hour and twenty-eight minutes, they have to end this world. It's like fuck that. Man. I do feel that the make movie's it a almost, show. I, I I totally agree. I do. Whenever I watch it, I think I can't believe this is already over. Make it a make Not it a show because they go and through stuff. Listening to us, but yeah. maybe you should make it a show. Yeah, one hundred percent. The concept is a TV show. Yeah, great That's title, too. Yeah. Love the title. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, much coolness here. I just want to say, I would have never rewatched this movie 
had it not been a part of our homework, and so thank you for that, Rob. Oh, you're because welcome. I, I'm happy that's, to... That's what I mean. Like, yeah. this is a movie, I think, even if you're not a horror fan, you can watch, and I have to say, of all the movies that we watch, I think we have some amazing masterpieces, this would be the first movie I'd watch, because I just know I'm going to have fun. Yeah, like, it's cool. I was so pleased. It's everything I want for Moves a movie. It's quick, it's yeah. like very visually And it's exciting, slick, man. It has it's a, a slick looking And movie like you here. said, it has a whole world, you know? Mm-hmm. it's It has everything you want yeah. from like a movie like this. I literally pause several shots just to go like, man, how they like that. That oh, is fucking oh, slick. Yeah, man. it's gorgeous. It's, it's really underrated. I'm surprised it's not bigger in the geek canon of, of movies. Oh, like completely this. agree. Well, let's move on to our next one, which Patience is not <laughs> oh going to thank Oh my fucking God, for, Russ. Uh, which is Nadja. Here it is, guys. Uh, Cue the Nadja. music because it's Nadja. about to be on. It's, it's, uh, it's if Hal Hartley and David Lynch had a baby <sighs> and they decided to make a movie using a Fisher-Price camera, this would be that movie. <laughs> <laughs> who would want to see that? <laughs> Best in the world. <laughs> I hate you so much. No. Right. I know I love you, but oh, no, God damn it. Let's get it on. What, tell us about this movie. Uh, can, wow, can I summarize? Well, well, I'm also a little, not a big fan. As much as, but kind of. But yeah. Russ and Don't I like, say that. but Don't we deeply love that. it. And I would say, um, I was surprised you put this on the list because I knew that would be the reaction. Which is fine with me. Like, yeah. fuck you guys. This is, um, this is so, no so, I'm just going to start putting ringers on the list, too, now. Yeah, let's like, do it. I, I want to incite controversy. Russ, deeply. No, I, I love this movie, and, and I think we'd all, all of us had talked about our lists and stuff, and, and I, I have to say, this is still my favorite vampire movie. Um, I, Nadja is a, uh, a, a, a black and white uh, 90s art film about um, Dracula's twin. Uh, progeny. There it is, the um, twin bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we um, did. And, uh, <laughs> and, and what what happens to them in a in a, a mid or early 90s New York? Um, I I don't know that I can say much more than that. There, there's a... Go- well, the Dr- Dracula's passed away, like he's been killed, and, and they, you know, the two twins and then the people that are hunting them sort of, uh, it follows them. Yeah, thanks. That sounds okay. good. Um, I, in the sense that there's a story. Yeah, I love this movie. Um, I, I I understand other people's problems with it. It's it's a very uh, it had like I said, it has a very '90s New York sort of art house feel to it. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to say briefly, there, if you're not familiar with the work of Hal Hartley, who was a, a made a lot of great movies. yeah, who's made a lot of really great movies like like Trust and uh, Amateur. Uh, he has a particular deadpan style that uh, his his movies have have a very specific look and feel. And this movie, I don't even want to say it's an homage to them. Uh, uh, Michael Almereda, who I think is a very interesting, exciting filmmaker, basically takes Hal Hartley's uh, style and his actors, uh, Martin Donovan in particular, who stars in, in most of... Uh, he's, he's basically De Niro to Hal Hartley's uh, Scorsese, is in this movie. Um, but his, his ideas about the vampire uh, myth, and particularly Dracula, and what he thinks about Dracula, and there are some really funny, dry lines in this movie. Uh, Peter Fonda um, plays Van Helsing, as this aging hippie uh, uh, vampire hunter, as, I, I, uh, yeah, as Peter Fonda, and, and his, his as Peter Fonda, and his scenes with uh, Martin, Martin Donovan in particular, who I am a huge fan of, because of his Hal Hartley work, are why I love this movie. And I think it is a beautiful looking movie. I think it has amazing ideas. 
uh, where he's going with it. I know. Just and, and I just, just want to be. Shot. All right, all right. Listen, I, I just want to be clear about this, uh, Chris. You, you were not. He has a big so many fan ideas. No, I, I, I don't hate this movie. You don't hate the. Movie. I don't even dislike it. But I don't know if I'd ever go watch it again. Right. You know, it's like, oh. But you I, weren't going to rewatch Daybreakers again either. Me, so you I know, mean. I was. I was, I was looking for an excuse <laughs> right. to rewatch it. This is one I'm like, okay, I'm like, I, at first I'm like, why am I watching this? This is fucking boring. Because it's on our list for a podcast. And then <laughs> as it went along, I was kind of like, oh, this is a comedy. It, it is. Uh, and it's I really love that about it. But it's so fucking deadpan. That you'd never guess it was a comedy if you'd already kind of phased but out. But I find it strange attention. because uh, Chris and I Patience. discussed this movie earlier, and Chris is familiar with how Hartley's work. It's weird to me that you didn't pick up on that. No, I okay. did. Okay. Yeah, that part was immediately evident. And, I mean, and you, come on. When, when I saw Martin Donovan in a Marvel film, I was like, did Hal Hartley direct this? It's Martin Donovan. He's like, nine times out of ten, it's a Hal Hartley movie. Okay. And, right. You know, like, I mean, and you definitely get the little bits of the David Lynchiness. He was a producer on And this. he makes a very fun cameo in the movie. He does. He has a, a fun cameo. And there's definitely Lynchy sort of like, what just happened? Representative scenes, especially when actual horror becomes involved into it. I mean, like, ultimately, this feels like a movie that... Is almost disdainful of vampire films in a snarky, ironic way. I, I, and I will say, there is a little bit of the 90s snarky hipster yeah. uh, irony to the film. Uh, but to me, it transcends more of that. But but I do see that that is a knock. Jared Harris as like the, the young vampire brother, I was like... Wait a minute, that guy looks from Holy shit, is that Jared Harris? It's fucking Jared Harris. <laughs> and what's crazy, you're like, who was that horrible actor? No, it's a really good actor doing something purposely... Yeah, interesting and bad. All right, all right, here we go. And patience. <laughs> because Jerry um, Harris is an amazing actor. I, okay, actor. I want to preface this this part of my review. I, I'm not like super against art house films. I mean, I generally do not like them. But I she mean, showed up at the protest outside I, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> no more good movies. No more good movies. I mean, I but this was the biggest piece of pretentious hipster bullshit I think I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And, it is. And I like that about it. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just... I hated this movie so much. And I... The satire was not lost on me. There was okay. actually one scene that I very much liked. And it's this... Uh, it's when... Um, oh, God. I can't even remember their names. That's how much I d- disliked this film. I just didn't care about any of them. But I think it was Nadia was about to, like, say something important, and then her Renfield starts playing the harp. And that part of the movie, that was the only thing I was like, okay, that's fucking hilarious. Because that was stupid. But otherwise, I literally, my headphones uh, disconnected about for about three minutes at one point of the film, and didn't I didn't even, even realize that that wasn't a part of the film. I was just like, oh, okay, so yeah, they turned off the sound. Of course they did. That's how stupid this movie is. Oh, you missed the line that made it all make sense. Oh, God, right? I guess so. But, I mean, I get it. I get why filmmakers specifically would like this movie. I get how pretentious art house hipster people would love this movie. <laughs> yeah. She's carefully avoiding looking at the guilty. <laughs> no, guilty. I'm not no, looking at the are, Summers Brothers. I, I, I understand. I understand. I understand. No, that's, 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 yeah. a, that's, a, that's a fair But I just, I, this was a total waste of my time. Okay. I don't, I, 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 I get that. I, that's why I was like, Russ, I don't I hated this film this, so much. I'm curious. Phil, we didn't, we didn't talk about Yeah, it. um, 
I I liked it in a weird masochistic way. Oh wow. Um to me, like I found it fun. I found it making fun of itself. I found it making fun of convention and what the genre is. Uh, the dialogue is ridiculously stupid and funny and intelligent all at the same time. Yeah. And making fun of itself. Like you've got people going like I was born by the Black Sea under the shadow of the Carpathian Mountains. <laughs> and then it goes, who's this? Oh, it's Renfield. He loves me. He's my slave. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? Where, where did that come from? There's like, a lot of incest in this film as well. <laughs> and, then, and then there's a lot of, like, like to me, it's a, it's a really forced story, too, where it's like you just happen to run into a guy whose dad it's is not a, Van Helsing. It's not a film that it replicates reality. There is no reality. There's not a lot of continuity. People are chasing people who want to get... And then... What was funny is I remember texting you going like, I don't know if I got a bad quality version of the no, movie, but it goes super film. pixely. Yeah. And you go, well, he used the pixel vision. I go, man, the only movie I've ever liked that used that was Hamlet. And I go, same director. Same director. And exactly. I go, holy shit, I actually really, this director can fucking direct. Yeah. Because Hamlet with Ethan Hawke is a well-made movie. One of yeah. the most valuable cameras you can you can buy, the, the Fisher-Price manufactured pixel vision camera yeah. that was only made out made for like a year. I think they said they only made like 400 of them or oh, something. They made more than more that, but, yes, but now it goes and, for and, tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. Well, on we have one. And, well, go ahead. I'm gonna have to go Where ahead. I was going with this is as soon as I you said it was the Pixel Vision camera, in my mind I go, well, Hamlet had one. It was badass and the whole to be or not to be scene. Mm-hmm. And I go, that director was one of my favorite movies back in the days. And I go, well, I love it. And I go, same director. I go, yeah. let me give us a legitimate shot. This guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to appreciate the humor. Okay. Right. So I think it was once I understood that this guy wasn't just some guy making a fucking movie. And I go, oh, Okay, it allowed me to ease into the movie a little more, knowing the guy actually has chops that can make a big movie. Right. And not just like, is he just making these good actors be shitty? Yeah. And then I got the, the, the comedy out in it. It yeah. really helped me understand it, knowing the guy had real talent. Um, this soundtrack is poor to head, for fuck's sake. Well, they have a song on it, two songs on it. And they have Space Hog at the end. What's wrong I with don't, I don't disagree. It is very much of its time, as far yeah. as the mid 90s goes. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a good way to put it. This is. Um, Nothing is wrong with Portishead, for the record. No, no, absolutely no, not. Or My Bloody Valentine, which also has a good song in this. Um, I had to slip that in there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, you said movie of its time. It's like My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think the soundtrack is, is cool, too. I mean, this is not... For this everyone. is a very unusual film, and my brother and I really respond to it. I, I knew that it's not a movie that most people would. Like I said, like I still was perple- when Russ like suggested, I'm like they're not gonna like this movie. Like they're not gonna dig it. It's not gonna be their thing. Like we like it. I think filmmakers have a thing where we like kind of offbeat movies that other people kind of don't. We get something out of them. And maybe because we're filmmakers, we appreciate maybe the craft or something that they're up to that other people would be like, yeah, but it doesn't work for me. It's not a good story, and I get that. Like, it's a yes or a no. It doesn't work. For us, though, I think it really does. I I remember the very beginning, there's a scene where um, Peter Fonda is talking to Martin Donovan, who's gotten him out of jail. He's his uncle, and he's got him out. He's like his 'er ne'er-do-well uncle, and he got him out of jail because he's killed somebody, and you realize it's Dracula. But it's sort of hinted at, and he has this amazing summation of what Dracula was like, where he says, I don't know, man, he was kind of like Elvis at the end. Kind of drugged out, surrounded by zombies. And my brother and I just thought that was just like this amazing idea of what Dracula was. And he gives this, he tells this story about how Dracula fell in love with a girl and it didn't, you know, he, he, they had, they tried, you know, he had a baby and then she died in childbirth and after that was back to basics. And it's told in this dreamy, um, you know, fades and, 
it's all in black and white. And I just remember I was so struck by it. It was so moving. And I had never... And I think because this is a vampire podcast, I'd never seen vampires done that way. And it was... It really... The rest of the movie, I get, like, it's very deadpan. It's very... And particularly the end gets a little strange. Yeah, it gets, it gets arbitrary. <laughs> it gets, yeah, it gets, it gets really abstract and elliptical. I, I get all that. Like, I, I totally see why this movie doesn't work for people. I think it's an experiential movie. I think it has... But I do think... Almereda is a very experimental filmmaker. So, for example, one of the things we're talking about is he shoots part of the movie. This is probably the premier film ever shot with the Pixel Vision cameras. Now, the Pixel Vision cameras are these Fisher Price, Chris was saying, these Fisher Price cameras they made for kids and they shot on an audio cassette. Mm-hmm. They made them for like only a year in like 89. Yeah. yeah, 89 or 90. And they really only made them for like a year. They're supposed to be, and they didn't really take off. But filmmakers discovered them because they realized they could, they could buy a video camera that recorded on a freaking audio cassette and make a movie with them. And Almoreda was very struck by that because he, he'd watched a movie at Sundance that was totally shot in Pixel Vision because that's what the filmmaker could afford. And he began. And Pixel Vision has a very specific look. It is. It's very weird. It, it nothing looks like it's very. It's very. It's very. Uh, uh, it looks like it's four bit almost. Not yeah. Eight bit. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, and it's black and white. It's black and white. And honestly, I was gonna. I, I own a Pixel Vision camera. I'm, I, I wanted one, and I, I do have one. I want the tape and everything. And this guy like restores them. Who I bought it. Bought it from. And it is, if you know anything about film, it is so low resolution. I mean, it's low resolution for, like, the 80s. And you blow it up to a film uh, size, it, it doesn't, it's just a very weird look. Part of the movie is shot this way. But what you start to think is, at first, it's sort of vampire vision, and it's not. It's just certain scenes he just chose to shoot in that pati- with that particular camera. I felt every scene I wanted to see more detail in, mm-hmm. he went the opposite. Right. Every scene where I was like, oh, is it going to get sexy? Or, oh, it's going to get violent? Or, oh, it's going to get mm-hmm. dangerous? Or, oh, someone's... Every scene that I wanted more detail, he said, fuck you. Right. And put it in and, pixel vision. And I think Every that's, scene. that's right. who Almereda is as a filmmaker. Which I thought was cool. Right. He's an experimental filmmaker. If you, his latest film is Experimenter. It's on Netflix. You guys check it out. Again, a weird kind of you know he he plays with things and so um not for everybody i i really do get the hate it's it's done in this <laughs> the lead actress's name is galaxy craze i don't know how much 90s well, lucy lucy was well galaxy. i know but the actress is her yeah. real name right right yeah i mean i would call i would say naja is the lead actress. but you know what's well, really interesting i was going to say anytime an actor has a brilliant fucking scene like martin donovan's got a scene when he's telling lucy how much he loves her yeah and it's well acted and as soon as the acting starts getting really good, she just grabs him and throws him across the hall. Yeah, yeah, right. And goes like, and I love that he was aware of like, we're not making that movie, motherfucker. Right. Let's go back into what we're doing. And it, I think I wrote you a text. It's like it's like Tommy Wiseau's Dracula. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> like, perfect it's a description. I, I mean, I think it's probably more skillful than that. And for more, sure, more but it's intentionally, intentionally the room. yeah. Um, if you're a fan, hey of- Mark, I was born in a castle. Right. <laughs> I mean, Elena Lowenstein. <laughs> now yeah. that needs to be made. Well, Elena Lowenstein, who plays uh, Naja, the, the title character, is a really great actress, and um, but she is a very Hal Hartley. She's in a ton of Hal Hartley. I think they actually had a relationship. And in Seinfeld. She was in Seinfeld. She's oh, in Seinfeld, Lord. right? And in Schindler's List. Yeah. She's Did she the one who ate peas one at a time? No, she is the she is the one who is the uh, the gymnast. Yeah. Oh right. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, I won't ramble on. It, this is not a film for for everyone, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're a filmmaker, and I think if you're a Hal Hartley fan, which are getting to be less and less these days, I, I think he's kind of a forgotten film figure. 
this is a movie worth seeking out. And it's hard to find too. It's not yeah. an easy yeah. movie. It's to actually get on YouTube. You can find it for free on YouTube. Is it a decent? It's decent. Yeah, it's I actually went and bought a copy of it because oh, wow. I thought the quality was messed up because it was the Pixel oh, no. Vision. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't see what's going on now. Blurs of light are going by in four bit squares, yeah. and what the hell? Instead, happening? it was pure art. Man. Yeah, it was art, not and a fuck up. Film. I just want to say, if you're really into highbrow horror films, this film is definitely for you. And I also would like to recommend Murder Party, which is one of my oh, favorite highbrow horror Greener. films. And um, also, I, I actually quite enjoyed The Love Witch, which was also what? sort of a highbrow satire horror film. And and uh, if you're interested in Almereta's stuff, uh, like Phil said, his 2000 Hamlet, also uh, starring our right. boy Ethan Hawke, uh, is very much in the same vein as this. It has it has a lot of really interesting ideas about uh, Hamlet and Shakespeare. And modernizing and, and on world. one of my favorite, uh, I guess now it's kind of dated, but he does the to be or not to be scene within the uh, action section of Blockbuster Video, um, which is really funny if you if you get the highbrow joke there. Um, and he did, after this, he did a, a mummy movie, <laughs> which does not follow Chris's rule yeah. of uh, so being wrapped in bandages, <laughs> but does have an incredible performance Wait, but does he have uh, a shot fingernail that he kills people yeah, with? Because that'd be okay. Huh? Does, does he, he have a thumb? thumb, thumb there's no thumb breaking, but, but there is Jared Harrison, a really cool performance. Uh, What's I'm trying to remember the the main actress's Thank name, you, Allison uh, something, uh, who was in the Allison underneath. Elliot. Allison Elliott, who was in the underneath, and uh, and and a, a, it's a really dru- amazing performance it, by Christopher Walken, and a weird take on the mummy. Yeah, it's a druid mummy. What's the name of that movie? Uh, uh, the Eternal, I think, is yeah. 1998. I think yeah. our mummy, our mummy it. episode. It has several different. If you don't like nausea, I'm not sure you'll but like it that. It has one. a Red Shoe Diaries cover. I don't know, man. It's, 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 like, it's a it's a it's, it's a strange it's a 90s, uh, yeah. a 90s artifact, but it's worth not seeking a lot of out. Again, if you like nausea. All right, let's go on to our next choice, which is Patience Choice. Oh, shit. Which is the Guillermo de Toro's, I believe his, it was his first movie, yes. wasn't yes. it? Yes, uh, his first feature. Chronos. Yeah, which, the, which Phil is also going to get mad at me for. No, 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 you're just lucky I'm Mexican. It's not a... Ra- <laughs> <laughs> you get a pass because it's Mexican. Uh, uh, what's it Chronos about? is about a, um, I guess he's an antique dealer and his granddaughter and he finds a statue which has the Kronos inside of it, which the Kronos is like an alchemist-type machine that has like a bug in it that if you put it on your body, it recycles your blood and makes you immortal. But it also turns you into a vampire-ish. Um, yeah, see, I'm passing on the script from a producer already. Just that's it. <laughs> Too many things happen. Didn't sell it Not for vampire. you. Um, and so it's his You'll never battle. get to direct Pacific Rim. I know. <laughs> the Sorry, main character's going. name is Gris, and it's his battle with this factory owner, LaGuardia. LaGuardia's been looking for this same statue, the Kronos, because he's, I don't know if he's a hypochondriac or if he's just terminally ill. He's dying. He's dying, yeah. and so he's been looking for the Kronos for like 40 fucking years or some shit. Haven't we all? And, um... Ron Perlman, his nephew, who... By law has to be in Del Toro I, Yeah, films. it's a Del Toro film, so of course Ron Perlman's in it. Um, so he sent... Ron Perlman is kind of like his, his nephew, but also his like hired hand, I guess you could say. His bruiser. Yeah, yeah. His 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 bodyguard type character. And um, so it's it's basically their sort of power play over this Kronos uh, Is Is that what device. the movie's about? 
Yeah, kind of. I mean, well, Ugh. like, LaGuardia wants it. Gris is kind of addicted to it. He's not giving it up. <sighs> I, I mean, I'm like giving a very simplistic... And Ron Perlman wants a nose job. Dude, Ron Perlman I, is... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I not. I love Ron Perlman. Of course I do. Uh, but he his acting in this is fucking oh, terrible. Really? He's kind of I the just top. thought he was oh. so bad. Oh, no. He's he's one of the stronger parts of the movie. I totally agree with it. Wow. He was one of my favorite parts of this movie. Really? Yeah. I, I actually... I absolutely love, like, this movie. It's, it's such a strong visual movie like I was reading the director's notes um because I the criterion collection and I was reading the director's notes and just the way that del Toro breaks down every scene's color and his vision for every single scene is just so it's such a it, it kind of visually felt me, pretty movie it felt to me they're just kind of giving out criterion collections like <laughs> Based on like you're like you're, you're like yes, Pan's Labyrinth, fucking genius. Yeah, and other work Still he's Del done. Toro's best film. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like oh, he's done mind. great films. Ooh, that, but, was that was Backbones. That was Backbones. That was Backbones. Are my second favorite. What would you say? Him. You'd say Hellboy. Uh, you say oh, Hellboy? You I'm, I'm gonna say Blade Two. Blade Two is probably my favorite. I like it. I love Blade Two. Suck it. This movie to me is kind of a mess. It kind of jumps around a lot. It's got cool art direction. To me, it kind of falls into Del Toro's thing where it's like. You know, uh, elements as far as props and, and set design yeah. overtook story and content and pacing. Yeah. And it jumps around like fucking crazy. And one minute, one thing's happened. Next minute, they're another location. Then it's like he's like dead and being buried. Three locations in the He's dead film. and being buried. And it feels like a week's gone by. And then it cuts to like the boss buzzing Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's still in his tux he killed the guy in. That'll, that yeah. I'll give like, you. Like it feels oh, like yeah. a week's gone by. And it's like it's the same night. I don't know what the pacing is, what the timing is. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy the movie. I love Del Toro. I love what he was trying to do. I have no idea what the Kronos device is or what the bug was inside the fucking thing. I don't have any idea how it actually works or functions. I don't understand the rules. Is he a vampire? Is he not? Well, it seems to be a a key thing for Phil. Well, it's it's a vampire podcast. Yeah, that's fair. And he's not a vampire. He's just like, hey, you know what? You can... Maybe like this blood or not like this blood or I don't know. You once again, you drink blood and you're immortal. You're it's vampire. End it of is story. not. I, sorry, yeah. those are my rules. If you just drink blood and <laughs> for you're me, immortal. it's his for rules me. and it's his podcast. No, 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 no. Right. It's not. It's our podcast. A thousand percent. I just meant for me personally in a movie. Those are the two things that make you a vampire. Everything else. Drink like blood that and immortal. Be, I am with Chris, and that's around. not just because Bram he's Stoker's the boss. rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> no. Man, Bram Stoker rolled over his dr- grave from Nosferatu. You know. Well, yeah. So, Chris, your take on it? Um, I kind of come down between Phil and, and Patience. I do think that this is like, I mean, for, for this is definitely Del Toro's weirdest film. Uh, it's his most like all over the place movie, yeah. but it's also you can see Which is why saying a lie. you can also see why Del Toro is Del Toro. It's so colorful and gorgeous, and there's so much intricacy to the props that he designs, like the yeah. whole the antique thing itself, the watch and it's spider and everything. Crafted. It's just gorgeous. Yes. Obviously, an enormous amount of thought has mm-hmm. gone into this stuff. Um, it's it's just a beautiful looking film. It's consistently surprising. But I never. I thought it's. There's always a separation between the audience and the characters, where nobody ever really seems real on this. Yes, there's, it all feels like you're watching, like in a lot of Del Toro, you're watching. Yeah. you're like you never get to see 
Peter Falk telling this story to the kid in bed, but like that's essentially what's happening here. This is a myth. This isn't really what happened. This is just somebody's fable, and I had a hard time connecting with it, perhaps, on some level. There's a scene that I want to talk about specifically where Federico Lupi um, is licking blood off the bathroom floor, and it is just such a creepy and masterful scene. He does it in such a loving, disgusting way mm. that I mean, I was blown away just from that one single scene. I was like, that's how good of a director Del Toro was, is, um, but even his first movie, you know, and how good of an actor Federico Lupi is, because he went on to do a lot I of mean, great movies. There's, I, it's rare to see a bad performance in a Del Toro movie. That's true. Huh? But that I'm scene was mind-blowing. I'm curious, because I don't know that we discussed this. For the podcast prior. Although we have discussed Chronos we talked, Yeah, because you just watched it even uh, I, before Yeah, the I just re- tried to rewatch it uh, recently. I, it's it's interesting with Chronos. Uh, I, I do think if you're a big Del Toro fan, I don't know that you could go back to Chronos and really see the director that he's going to become. In the way that you can watch, say, Mean Streets or something and see what uh, Scorsese is going to come. I, I agree. It, it, it's interesting. It has those elements that you guys are talking about. The, the attention to detail, the, the interest in the macabre, um, the focus on these uh, really interesting props and ideas. Um, but The mythiness of it. The, yes, the mythiness of it. But I think Kronos is one of those movies that every time I've gone back to, to watch it, it's never the movie I want it to be. It, it just... I, I want it to be this other vampire movie or this interesting um, Del Toro movie along the lines of what he's other done, he's done uh, since. And, it, you know, I think Del Toro's reputation is obviously earned. He's He really is great with monsters. He has all these amazing ideas. He has this amazing visual sense. Um, but this movie, for me, just... It never comes together the way that I want it to. Um, it's interesting. He has the... The little kid and the and the older uh, sort of father figure, and that <laughs> seems to come up again in mimic. Yeah, it's like a mimic, yeah. And and um, underrated mi- movie, by the way. So underrated. And, uh, okay, I'm glad we all agree because I was just about to say mimic to me is more what you um, hope this one is exactly. And I have always loved mimic, um, and so I I feel like if you're gonna go back and watch this movie, you might as well just go back and watch mimic. Um, I. I I don't know. It, it, it just fall, it falls. It falls. A, so, a, it falls a, short for me yeah. as, as far as um, a Del Toro movie, a vampire movie, and and even to a certain extent of uh, an art house film. As a side note, I would just like to point out that one of my greatest life disappointments is that every time someone says myth or I say myth, I want someone to say what, so I can go myth, myth, and they can say yes, but it never has happened even once. Well, now it's on the air, so <laughs> now it's for and, and there's a reason that hasn't yeah. happened. It's a big disappointment, <laughs> Russell. But I mean, there's this is one, getting real with y'all, man. There's this one um, point at the end of the film, um, near the end of the film, where like his skin is sort of deteriorating, and I thought that was like classic Del Toro. Like, you could really see where he's going to go mm-hmm. in the future in his well, filmmaking. I, I, and I agree. It's, it's in, in retrospect, it, it is it is 
you can see that. I don't think seeing this movie when it came out in 92 or 93 or whenever, yeah. I, I don't think I would have seen the filmmaker that Del Toro uh, would become. All fair points. And, and, and you see the growth, too, between uh, Del Toro and Guillermo Navarro as DP. Yeah. Like, because we're like, you watch this, and Navarro, I feel like he overlit every damn scene. <laughs> then you watch as he grows, and you go, shit, this guy's one of the best DPs in the world. Yeah. Like, you watch, you know, Pan's Lab, and you go, this is a different team. Like, they grew, and you can see the quality they can produce now. I mean, they're obviously... Very talented. They're, yeah. they're up to something. It's definitely a debut film. Um, we're, I mean, I'm a Del Toro fan, and I really do admire probably something about every single one of his movies. In fact, I think our, our last trip to LA, they had a they had an exhibit on Del Toro at uh, the LACMA, and we went out of our way to go. Badass. Yeah. You're doing something right if you have an exhibit on your movies, and right. you're still I mean, making movies. Yeah, yep. and I mean, well, it was funny because throughout the exhibit, they had um, these montages of his movies edited together, and they were jaw-dropping. In, in a way that, I mean, like, when I watch his movies, I don't even think I notice how much thought and care with the colors and the design, and I know he's, like, this really meticulous... Um, um, inventive uh, uh, specific filmmaker but seeing it like put together like multiple movies over time um, is really stunning and it does start with this movie I'm, I'm probably going to default to Phil and Russ on this in the sense that um, this movie is I think really mainly worth recommending for the visuals and probably if you're a Del Toro fan as a sort of completist I don't get a lot out of it story-wise. I don't totally get it. It is a, an interesting vampire movie in the sense that he has a take on, <laughs> but he has a take on vampires. But then when you watch it, um, I'm not sure. Vampire that, adjacent, right? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like vampire by default. Like, well, right. drinking blood must be vampire and immortal. Right. I mean, not, we don't know if he's immortal. We don't know. Well, he I, turns into Nosferatu type. No, he's like got marbles against the bathroom floor. He's licking the blood off. I is think. is Martin a vampire film? Is who? Is Martin a vampire film? Martin. George Romero's Martin? Well, I don't know. I think not. Oh, yeah, you should watch that. Oh, wow. Why was That's that not a, on our list? Uh, it's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question. Yeah. Never yeah. seen it. Or or Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I hate that movie. Really? Oh, but is it a vampire movie? movie? I've never seen that. It says Vampire's Kiss. I'm going crazy movie. Um, I'm doing a movie called Immortal Cannibal. I think you guys all make valid points. Did you just make that up? No, I did. (laughs) And this is a movie in the way that Russ and I are drawn (laughs) to something like Nausea. I can see how this movie just affects you. And it, it, it it is a very unusual film. It's it's a somewhat emotional film, as I think most of Del Toro's work is. I am drawn in by the characters usually in there. And the granddaughter. Right. And Who I has no dialogue. Well, she says one word. At the end. Yeah, I mean, that's another interesting, <laughs> another interesting Del Toro affectation. But uh, an unusual film, to be sure. Not uh, unique, interesting. I, I don't know that I would recommend it to... Very, I think it's I not for everyone. Yeah, it's just really like Nanya uh, is not for yeah. everyone. This Whoa, is those not are two different everyone. not for everyone though. So. Yeah, and just like Life Force is not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Life, Force Life Force is, is for, for everyone. everyone. <laughs> if you like Bruce, Life Force is for you. <laughs> 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 Alright, yeah, uh, sure. let's move on, right, let's move on. on to Philip's choice, which is a girl. Oh my god! Here it comes. 
Um, but this is controversial for, for a couple different reasons, most of which is that from Patience and I, because we just saw Anna Lily Amapur's second film, The Bad Batch, which is probably the worst film we're going to see this year. Literally, wow. it's, it's, it's bad. Whoa, without that's a, a doubt. With that without is like a doubt. knives out like it's No, there, seriously, I will watch Resident Evil 7 <laughs> again to not watch Bad Batch. Yeah, that's how much I fucking hated this movie. Nausea, The Bad Batch. I will watch Nausea all day, every day. <laughs> no, I feel I like... Three of you did not we, like it, and got, so I'm terrified that we're gonna love it. We got invited. Yeah. Like, well, that would like, be. Rose and I are gonna go see it and be like, "It was fucking great." It what was, are y'all talking about? What y'all are saying? That, that sounds it was a film of that's, ideas. That's probably like, exactly I'm, what's gonna happen. Um, yeah. But Philip like saw it before we did, and we're like, "Oh, there's invite the Alamo. There's gonna be free barbecue, and there's gonna be stunts. It's a big event." And he's like, "No, I saw that movie. <laughs> he you couldn't pay me. He wouldn't go. I mean, free barbecue and beer, and Phil would not go. And yet." This was Phil's And pick he still chose this fucking movie. <laughs> okay, real quick. Uh, we're not talking about Bad Batch. We're talking about a girl walks home alone at night. Fair. Which and, was and just as terrible. She mi- no, oh, it was not. I hate this. All right, wait, wait. So we're much. getting our reviews all okay. mixed together. All right, get, get okay. the plot. So, so the Bad Batch is about Jason Momoa and, wait, no. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> there's like a town of cannibals you know and then there's I, a town of cannibals. Let me ask you all this real quick. I know this is a diversion, but real quick. Is it worse seeing? Like, will Russ and I be like... The bad was, you guys are going to fucking yeah. love it. No. You guys will love it. Honestly, it's been so universally did you like this reviled. Movie? I, I did. You'll it. like it. You'll like it. No, I, it's been so universally reviled I, from all different corners. No, I yeah. seriously doubt you're going to It did not. It's one of those films they try to force down your throat with like, here's a few positive reviews, and they did, it's just not really good. Okay. Anyways, um, so, so a girl walks home alone at night. Um, it's an Iranian... Persian, well, although filmed in Texas, filmed in no, Texas, filmed in California, California, oh, California. California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a vampire film shot in California with you know, uh, it's a spaghetti western vampire movie set in the Middle East but shot in California on a very small budget. And um, what's it about? It's about a, a kid who takes care of his father, and his father has a heroin addiction, and uh, his father owes some money to a drug dealer, and the kid's pretty much trying to make good on uh, what he owes this drug dealer, and the drug dealer's killed by this vampire girl and as he's trying to make good on it, he crosses paths with this uh, vampire woman and they kind of have a relationship and they uh, and, you know an awkward one and um, they fall in love kind of and uh, I guess I guess the big twist is he kind of finds out that maybe she has something to do with his father dying later yeah. and that's kind and then of has to decide whether he whether really he, cares that much yeah because <laughs> yeah but it was just a really, to me, it was a well-made movie about emotion and atmosphere, and it never really drug. It wasn't a long movie. It was shot well, had cool score choices and musical cues, and uh, I thought I'd never seen anything like it before. And for that, it kept me, it just never bored me, and I thought it was a really interesting take. And, you know, and it started somebody's career, which you guys didn't like their <laughs> no, second film. So you didn't like, you didn't like it. I, I said, we, you, we, yeah. If only Holy we could have stopped her then. I, 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 I spent my... this whole time looking at Patience's no. face <laughs> as Phil gave his synopsis. I was just looking at my notes, and my last note is, I'd rather watch Nadia. I swear, I can't make well, this how up. Big of a, hey, hey. Go Nadja. <laughs> but, but also... Go Life Force. But, but also, do you feel Nadja's influence on this? Because I am certain 
that she watched oh, Nausea and, and it influenced this film. You just keep saying that and I don't see um, it. The thing is, is it's this... A, the deadpan, black and white, 80s... But it's a different type of deadpan. I mean, this is not really... Yeah, Nausea but, yeah, but is deadpan... I follow very, saying Nausea wasn't... I just... I can't believe... I follow this did, chick on yeah. Twitter. Nausea, That's the kind of stuff Nausea is like... Is deadpan in a in a deeply in, intentionally ironic way? I don't think they're trying to be. This ironic is not here. smart. There is a and this is not as smart as black and white was. aspect of this film. It's impossible to. Nadia was smart. This is just her fucking like taking wow. hallucinogens. Okay, so 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 tell us what you think. And this is just her taking hallucinogens. <laughs> but, okay, and honestly, I'm not entirely sure if I would be able to have this insight into this film if I had not seen the Bad Batch. But this chick. Does a lot of acid, and she said so in her director Q and A. And Bad Batch is legitimately about ecstasy. Like there is a whole. Would you part feel differently about this film without seeing? That's what I was going to say. Like, you're letting something. Well, I'm, I'm no, all like, but, objection, Your Honor. Speculation. Well, I mean, I mean, we base a lot of our opinions on if we like a particular director or not. Like, that's I right. like, you know, and we, we yeah, have that, our favorites. Inevitable. Like, right. we know so Russ has a hard on for John Carpenter. That's, I mean, that's who we that. are. So, so real quick, <laughs> you saw Bad Batch before you saw. I this. saw Bad Batch. I saw this last night. See, I saw it the other way, and so when I saw Bad batch i'm like well fuck it we all have a you know we all don't make things that are the best sometimes you got to give them a well, shot and filmmakers and she harper made john carpenter made ghost of mars so right. you know yeah, she, 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 <laughs> fucking <laughs> killed it on ghost of mars <laughs> hey sometimes you swing for the fences and you strike out but she fucking tries sometimes you swing okay, for the fences and you make I mean, ghost of mars there's i mean her style is all over this like there's the long pauses which i fucking hated about Bad Batch and I hate about this film too where she's just like they're just staring at each other mm-hmm. and that's all I do for like a uh, good minute I, and I, normally that's the sort of thing if it's a good movie and I, I'm feeling something for these characters or I'm getting what right. they're actually yeah. talking about mm-hmm. I don't right. mind that at all here there's no emotional connection to me with any of this mm. And I kept going, oh, for fuck's sakes, you think this is so much more important than it is. Let's move this along. You made a genre film, you know. You just don't want to admit you made a genre film at the same time. No, this did, is Did you feel that, that about the movie? That yeah. it was, a, it was a, a film that would not admit it was a genre I movie? I felt like it was acting as if it was more important than it was. I'm Thank like, you. Everybody talking about how, how, like, this is this great, great movie. And I'm like... What is it that you're seeing? That what am I missing? Is there a bigger metaphor that I'm, I'm totally I'm lost? So, on so me? you did not like the movie? Or you I like thought it was just kind of okay. I thought the one I'll tell you the one thing that really struck me here is I love the idea of her, and I'm I can't remember what it's called the, the uh, headdress uh, thing that she's the wearing. Hijab. 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 That being basically a vampire cape. The yeah, way they use it. I was, was like that was pretty cool. clever. I was like that, that's Except never would have occurred to me. And I think she's <laughs> I think she's actually a really good actress. She's definitely she has that odd gorgeous this offbeat like oh, super attractive tremendous in every way I'm um, just I'm, I'm sorry for texting you at 3 o'clock in the morning Phil with hate I know right? but wait so so I just I, I, you <laughs> hated this worse than Nadja I did I actually hated yes <laughs> like when Russ wins again <laughs> <laughs> that is all that matters but everybody liked Life Force so I win yeah Life Force was awesome uh, 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 God what blows my mind it was just it no, no, like, wait, wait, because well, well, I would, I would listen. I would like to say, um, I, I watched this movie uh, a while ago. I, I was not a huge fan of the movie. I, I definitely um, heard all the hype about it. I, this is what I'm going to say. 
for, for me personally, my experience about the movie was um, if you told me there was an, uh, an Iranian movie about a female vampire uh, set in the – I guess it's the 80s, right? That was in that was in black and white. Um, I would be super excited. This is not that movie. Um, This is not (laughs) that movie. No, and and I I mean not the one to get excited. I agree with you, and and that and that's what I'm saying is uh, this is not the movie I hoped it would be. I I feel that there was a little bit of um, of uh, of overrating as far as what this movie was. I, I think people projected something on this movie. It's not a bad movie. I, I'm with Rob. I certainly saw a Nadja influence. Maybe it's just because I'm a big Nadja fan. Um, there was one scene in particular that when my brother uh, finally watched the movie, he kept coming back to. And he said, I love that scene so much. It was really great. And I said, I know. It's basically the only scene that I really remember from the movie that, that really struck me. Um, I don't think it's a movie not worth seeing, particularly if you're, you know, a horror fan or or, or a vampire fan. I, I think it's worth checking out. No, go go ahead. Finish but that. but <laughs> <laughs> he's all. I like, gotta film my, my oh boy my Rob. This gun, Rob is inside Rob the actor's studio. Like, oh, he's yeah, got some, but, you know, but he's, he's so. He's cool. got the I don't, I don't know that I agree with. I, but I don't agree. We discuss this movie a lot. But I don't agree with 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 um with Chris and Patience in the sense that I I do think that this is an interesting movie. I, I understand. They always had problems. with with the the movie she's made after this, which I have not seen, uh. so I can't say. Um, <laughs> so I do think there are some problems with this movie. I think it rambles. I think it doesn't totally add up to much. Um, musical interludes. That there, just, there were musical uh. interludes, but but um, and it, I didn't okay. find it a particularly memorable movie. But uh, I didn't think it was. I, it was not a movie that I watched and was like mad at and felt like I shouldn't have watched this movie. I'm glad I saw it. Um, You're welcome. Thanks, Bill. So, so I felt... So, He's like, I win! No, but I, I, would, I actually am very grateful that we had this on the list. Russ had had sort of a mixed experience with it. He's like, eh, I didn't... Because we, when we read about it, I was like, oh man, it's like about a skateboarding Iranian vampire. Like, I'm in. Yeah, why would you Black and white, it? like, yeah, that yeah. is so up our alley. And then... I love great. you guys so much. No. <laughs> but... But Ross had seen it and said, "Man, it's it's kind of just okay. It's not that. Movie. I didn't. Yeah, he's like, it's not. There's, it's not nausea, and that's really what he said. He said it's not like that. It's not this sort of like deconstruction, but also kind of funny deadpan movie. It's not. It's not the movie you think it's going to be. Anyways, so Phil put it on the list, and I was like, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. Um, so I, on the other hand, um, the first 20 minutes of the movie, I, I struggled with a little bit. I, there isn't. It isn't you. Honestly, it kind of would be neat to see this movie knowing nothing about it. Because the first 20 minutes is this very... Um, who directed Taste the Cherries? Abbas Kurstami. Is that... No one, no one knows what I'm talking no about. Wow, nerd. Okay, so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he nerd. So Abbas Kurstami made this like... he's. I think he's Iranian. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my foot in my mouth. But anyways, he's this big Criterion-type filmmaker. And he makes stuff about, you know, this kind of shit. And um, it, more sort of arty films. And that's what this felt like, where there's like this... You know, guy, and he's addicted to heroin. He's a son who's trying to take care of him, and then you know, he, there's this drug dealer, and he shows up, and he's all dressed kind of hip hop, and it's all in black and white. And I was like, "What is this?" And then the vampire shows up, and it's shot in this kind of amazing way, where the vampire is like in the, in, you know, through this window, he sees her through the car window, and I was like, well, "What's happening?" Like, what? Okay, we, we, the movie has changed, and the vampire was to me a really neat creation. 
she was um, this you know sort of young girl who's also into like 80s music and has like Madonna on her wall posters but she's also this terrifying creature of darkness and there is and I have to admit you guys would have to admit this as well there's a scene where she terrorizes a young boy yeah. mm-hmm. and, and really vamps out and, and says like you know I'm going to find you if you're not a good boy and it's shot in broad daylight in black and white but in broad daylight and it's really terrific like I, I remember thinking like I just I love this scene and there's another scene later where um, uh, it's it's played very metaphorically very art housey but where they pierce her ears probably mm-hmm. it drove patients nuts but they pierce her ears and, and and she vamps out a little bit as her her pseudo boyfriend kind of pierces her ears and her fangs come out and stuff and it was a really really terrific unusual mm-hmm. scene and as Russ was saying, there's one scene where when she meets the guy, the sort of, I guess, pseudo-protagonist or James Dean protagonist in the film, they play this song, and they almost play it in its entirety as the two sort of find each other in this room. And it was so striking and unusual and emotional, and it may have just been the music. I don't want to give every credit to the filmmaker. I think that the song is badass. It's a great music cue. It's filmed really well. And... Those things elevated the movie for me. It is slow. It yeah. is filled with kind of a, a little pretentious. I could see that that argument, but it's an unusual movie, and I really responded to it. And I thought about it a lot after I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think the black and white, the cinematography. If you're if you're a cinematographer or you're an aspiring Beautiful. filmmaker, you probably should see this film no matter what. Even if you don't like it story wise, it's a really well shot film as a filmmaker. And it represents uh, she has very specific compositions and I haven't seen The Bad Batch yet but I can see those compositions in The Bad Batch as well and you it keep shows saying yet and it makes me nervous I know yeah, I'm super you're gonna waste scared. two hours of your life watching it but go ahead, I, go ahead. And, I would, yeah. and I would like to preface I just want to say that my review is based on A, I was pretty drunk when I watched this last night. That's fair. <laughs> and B, I was definitely like polluted with how much I hated the Bad Batch going into No, you would not movie. be on my jury Russ, if I was. Russ gonna... would. Yeah, I mean, I was. Well, I'm definitely Russ biased. Russ watched it sober and paid attention. You probably looked at his phone. I, I did too. I was sober. You were yeah, sober. And, and, and you also hated the Bad similar. Batch, though. Yeah, true. I've watched it, it three times. That's how much I like oh it. Oh my gosh, wow. Phil. Do you know why? Because it's got. Too brute. <laughs> no, no, no. It's got a coolness factor to it that you it can't does. quantify. It's got this thing to it that you go, man, she made this for fucking nothing with black and white and made an entire community that she fucking made up. And there's a coolness to what she did with nothing. I don't and I respect I the fuck out of it. I, 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 yeah, I, I also disagree with there that as There is a well. coolness to this movie that I did feel. It's a Jarmusch feel to me. It's got a very Jarmusch feel. That's uh, again, oh, yeah, I can but see But Jarmusch is one of those directors, and yeah. I agree. I think that she was much more copying from Jarmusch For than sure. she was from Nadja or something like yeah. that. I mean, it, it definitely feels like that. But Jarmusch is a director that to me is like David Lynch in the sense that like lots of people try to do movies like them. Nobody does it like them, and it's almost impossible to put your finger on exactly why it works for them, and it doesn't work for other people. I, I felt it was uh, well. I, that's a good point. Although I'm on a, I'm with Phil. The movie just worked for me. I yeah. responded to it more. So um, I I do agree that there are this is has a collection of cool moments. Like we mm-hmm. didn't bring up the point when she has her first sort of meet cute with the the main character who's coming from a party and he's all xed out and, and he's, he's dressed, dressed up like Dracula, Dracula yeah. and she's 
bemused, I guess would be the best way to describe it. She doesn't look... She's, like, trying to decide what she wants to do. And yeah. she pulls him on her skateboard. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a neat sequence. It's like, okay, that's a strong moment. She... There's a couple of the moment with her and the kid where you're like, okay, well, that's an interesting thing about her, but she's the only character I'm interested in in, in this film. Even he uh, is like, I just don't care about Okay, that, that, that's I, yeah, very agreeable. Can... It was very... The structure of the film is weird, and I didn't necessarily love it. I think what I love about this movie is probably the moments more than the the whole. Yeah. It is not a narrative-driven film. Although, it does kind of in a twisty, uh, like, sort of understated way bring narrative threads together in in a pretty clever way. It's almost like a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. Somewhat bled bled simply. So, I don't know. Not for everybody. Let's go to the final film we're going to talk about, and this was my final choice, which is the most recent film. No, I guess Girl Walks Home Alone. That's the most recent, but second most recent, which is Afflicted. Now, I was scared to put this on the list altogether because you directors in the house have already let me know that you've decided that no film that's found footage footage is good by definition. (laughs) Which at a point I strongly disagree with. I do. You're like, yeah, pixelated cameras are fine. Yeah, found found footage. But not as found footage. (laughs) If you shoot the movie with like angles, I would argue there are quite a number of good found Chris and I agree. But I don't. I asked them on the last one, and we 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 agreed on some a few. Pixel vision found footage is coming. It's coming next. (laughs) It's the next big thing. Pixel vision found footage caveman film. But afflicted was like another film that I was like I was split on whether or not to put it on here as well because like it's. Like, only partially a horror film. It actually has a lot more in common with the movie Chronicle, which is another That's a, yeah, found footage movie about a bunch of teenagers that end up, like, find this thing and one of them gets superpowers, or two of them get superpowers. And this is a co- lot more similar to that for the first, like, half to almost three quarters of it. Mm-hmm. The idea here in this film, uh, written and directed by real-life childhood friends Derek Lee and Cliff Prouse, who there's scenes in here where they're playing childhood friends who've been directing since they were kids. There's actually scenes of them, movies they made in like high school, and those are the actual movies they made in mm-hmm. high school together, you know, like martial arts movies and such. But uh, they've decided they're going to travel all over the world at, together to film a web series called Ends of the Earth, and it turns out for uh, Derek... Uh, character about Derek Lee. It's his last wish. He uh, has a disease which could really kill him at any time. Mm -hmm. And they're going out and they're partying. They they meet up with some friends in Paris. Um, And while they're there, their whole thing is, we've got to get Derek Lee. We've got to get Derek Lee. He's not going to be, he's never been particularly good with ladies, but we're going to make sure it happens. And he meets a hot, raven-haired chick and they they presumably hook up, but they go up to the room and they find him lying. They're all bleeding and unconscious. They're like, what the fuck, dude? Even, come on, man. And what do we got to do? Pay a hooker? <laughs> you know, it's like you, you can't even get laid right. Jesus Christ. Uh. Um, but, of course, what turns out that she was no average hookup at a bar, but she was, in fact, a vampire and has bit him. And uh, as we watch the rest of the movie, we start seeing them chronicle as Derek what they don't understand as vampirism at first they just know he's super strong and he can run inhumanly fast and he can jump really high but then as it starts to become clear when he starts getting pale and his veins are showing up and he starts losing consciousness that oh fuck he needs blood Mm. and the, the there ain't no synthetic blood gonna cut it or animal blood there's only one kind of blood that will as we follow them through the, these adventures that go on here I'll just say 
I found this one of the most fun movies I saw this year when it came out. I thought this was just terrifically entertaining. It's definitely in probably my top five found footage films ever. Um, it's so much fun. The only thing I don't like about it is that when it's over, there's no sequel I can immediately put in and watch. So sad. I actually I love this film. Um, I actually have friends who hate all horror films and they like this film. Um, I don't know... Your, your husband. Yes, my yeah. husband in particular, he like was riveted when we watched this and he was just like, oh my god, this is such great. But he also liked Kronos, so yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, he but, told you. Right? He told you he liked Kronos. Um, this, is, this is the kind of film that when you're like, have a low budget and you want to have good special effects, a good storyline, good acting. They do everything right with this film, I think. I, they had a $300,000 budget, but it doesn't feel like they had a $300,000 budget. Now, granted, Dracula had a $300,000 budget in 1931. It wasn't found footage. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. So I'm getting so much glares from the film. No, no, I'm just saying, like, your budget goes so bye-bye many, when you have so a huge much hate, So much hate for no. the found footage genre, but I like found footage. It's actually one of my favorites, and now they all hate me. Um, I'm not going to go there. I don't have any feelings about a movie, I, whether or not it's found footage. Ooh. I just want a good movie, and I think you can do one as found footage. Or you can do one that's not found footage. Absolutely. You know? It's whether or not the movie is good. Oh, Phil, so many opinions. But let me just say, my favorite. He's going to snob I out. He's my, got that filmmaker he, card ready already, to play. He's already giving me the side eye. He's but, like, pick um, a card, any card, as long as it's the filmmaker card that I'm going to smack down. <laughs> <laughs> I can give a shot of whiskey here. Why do I know, do it. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this film is the discovery yeah. process where the uh, where Derek is like learning how to be a vampire, yeah. I guess. I guess you could say and he they're like you know they're like um talking about doing tests sorry i got distracted by whiskey yeah, for a second I, I, met you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be on air but uh, i got distracted by whiskey but uh when derek is learning how to be a vampire and they're doing the video tests and and with his jumping like you were mentioning before or or being in the sunlight or whatever and i just want to give a shout out to cliff who is like the best friend anyone could ever have because my husband watched this film with me and he was just like dude i would have left like three days ago and i was like <laughs> really you would have abandoned your best childhood friend well, because he tried to know a vampire i think we've already established it's like ooh, do me now do me <laughs> make me i want in <laughs> and i and i'm super sad that these these guys this is their freshman effort and i think it's a an amazing freshman effort and i feel like why are you not making yeah, why a more movies why have they made another one or a sequel. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, okay, now Phil's going to Phil. go drink opposite, go opposite uh, okay. of everything I just said. Don't drink your whiskey. Right, we're, we're, we're cheersing, having some whiskey so, here. So that you can get it out unafraid. Oh, yeah, it burns good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just like a flick. So, oh. Needed a chaser there. All right, uh. I'm back. <laughs> so I wanted to start this off with I fucking hate found footage movies. I uh. hate them with a passion. Except for like two or three. And now I'm going to say four. I actually fucking loved this movie. Oh boy. Oh, Did not see that no. coming. I, I hated we just got found footage. I hate, and then I, I, but you know what? When you see it done right, you see it done right. To me, this felt like I was watching Catfish, like an actual real documentary, because they did it right. These two guys put the time in. They travel with seven guys, one of them being a stuntman. 
who and, and makeup like they actually they shot scenes where like me as a filmmaker I, I've actually already watched this movie two to three times just to rewatch how they pulled some of this shit off with no money. And you can see like where their edits are. And you're like, man, that's really well made. Dude, there's that really jump they do across a plaza yeah. that I'm just like, how the fuck did they do the that? The Interpol chase scene alone is like they should teach that in film school. Be like, hey, you don't need a big budget. Look what these guys did. They're being chased by Interpol through like a plaza. Down, I mean, like, and they jump out of like a four story window. Yeah. And there's a vampire suicide scene in here where I've never seen it in any vampire movie ever. And I go, that's really fucking good. And so I wanted to know, like, when they told me it was found footage at the bar, and the summers were like, oh, we got a found footage one on here. I'm like, oh, fuck me. I don't want to watch. I actually really wound up liking it. As far as all the movies on the list go, I'd seen most of them. And this, to me, was my favorite watch on the list because I had no idea what I was in store for. And I enjoyed it and even recommended it to some of my friends. And so, um, yeah, I even told my buddy who's a producer, I'm like, dude, if you got some free time, you need to figure out what the fuck these guys are doing and give them some money because they're really talented. Hell yeah. They did this with nothing. And, yes, there are flaws in their story, but when you see what they pulled off, it's like, fuck, I mean, that's talent. They're mm-hmm. good. And once again, it is a it has a twist on the vampire only th- idea, which but is that. it's classic that, canon, though. Yeah, oh, it's classic canon, except the one twist I'm a being they literally can't die. They like yeah. they try, and I love. There's a confrontation between. He finally gets to confront her, and she's like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, I wouldn't have died if I could have, you asshole." Yeah, <laughs> you know. I was like, the, "That was great." The only and, and there's actually, if you watch movie stick around, there's an extra scene yeah. after yeah, the credits, which is fun. Yeah, you yeah. made credits. Important. Only thing I didn't like was the vigilante aspect added at the end. I thought uh-huh. that was like, when does it become a fucking superhero movie? Well, I mean, like I said, it felt like Chronicle the whole time anyway. Uh, yeah, it just it didn't need that last But scene. I mean, if you're going to, if you're a good person and you become a vampire, what kind of The information you, you had felt eat? far-fetched so, to me. Like, okay. do you know this girl? I was like, fuck yeah. off. That's always been my, that's always been my take, that. though. If I was like vampire, I was like, yeah, of course You'd I'm going to kill these people, the but I would dexter that shit. Yeah, exactly. I get it, but at least, whatever. That was a whole other movie the last part. It was a little heavy-handed. I'll give all right, moving Summers. on. Yeah. They, they liked it okay. Their I, I faces mean, uh, say it all. Uh, Damn, I thought I, I was going to have a win. I, I, I see what y'all are saying. I, I think the effects in the movie were really good. Um, I think the two guys that made it are, are pretty talented. Um, I don't think that it transcended what I dislike about the found footage genre, which is, you know, so it's behind the eight ball to begin with, with this kind of movie. I, I will say the first... 15 or 20 minutes of the movie, I think they did a really good job with, as far as found footage. Um, they they attempted to... to it's, it's a small thing, but it was interesting. Most found footage movies, it's just like, this footage has been cut together. But the, the footage, particularly at the beginning of the movie, was cut together more like a finished product that you would put up on your website and and have it felt uh, like an MTV show, right? And and, and I really enjoyed that, and I liked like a vlog. Yeah, yeah, and I liked the two leads. It had kind of a Casey Neistat feel to it. Um, but at a certain point, it just became that everything that I dislike about found footage movies. And of course, there is one moment where they have to give the excuse why they're going to keep filming the found footage, and and I think I kind of just checked out at that's, that point. That's, I, that's a good point. Yeah, but I, I just... I will say that that is definitely something that sticks in almost everyone's cross who say, I don't like found footage movies. Honestly, there's a lot of movies I'm glad I just finally went... I gotta stop even worrying about that shit because they're great movies... As long as you don't worry. No, there are so many bad ones though too. No, there are more bad ones than because they use it as an excuse to like make up for their lack of storytelling and filmmaking and budget, and they and they use it as a crutch. Whereas you're right. The only reason I'm going to defend this one 
is A, the guy's dying, and B, you're a fucking vampire wanted by the police. You would keep filming. Yeah. What I am doing now by keeping filming is my evidence that what I'm doing, I'm not curious. Which he literally uh, does no. in the He actually does so it in the movie. Uh, I agree. Yeah, no, no he just he uploads the footage to YouTube. You have and to interact yeah, with people online. I don't know. I'm with Summers Brothers on this. That's movie just weak. doesn't totally work for me. I, I mean, like, I, I'm with Russ. Like, it started, in, and I really like the sort of YouTube, like, Aspect of it, like I, I remember texting us and being like, "It's pretty good." Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like I was <laughs> like, you know, I'm not big on found footage, but I think they kind of found a way around it because they made it more feel like almost this YouTube take on it. And and I and I'm with Phil that probably and maybe this is just because of you know what what we're interested in. The filmmaking is impressive in the sense that the special effects are, are pretty spectacular. You know, especially for a low budget, like it, it's very impressive. And the you know the editing and direction, yeah, is really it good is. Too. It's really impressive. That, like you said, like there's a sequence where it, it's his POV and he, he escapes Interpol through the streets of uh, they're in Italy. I think some small town, right? And it's 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 pretty it's pretty spectacular. It's, it's really impressive. I, I was continually impressed by what they were where they were what they were doing with the cameras, um, the special effects they were pulling off. I mean, you know, them testing. His powers—it's very impressive, and, and I think it's, it's strong filmmaking. From a story aspect, I, I just wasn't interested. I just—it never really—it started to feel a little tedious. It started to feel a little forced, and it definitely started to fall into the things that I loathe about found footage. And, and again, I think we talked about this on the last podcast. There is a weird unreality to found footage performances. And I felt that in several scenes in this movie. Yeah. That, that it, it just didn't feel natural. And there was a lot of, oh, the camera's on the side because we put the camera down, but we're doing this other thing. And I just, I, and, um. <laughs> yeah, but there are shots where he's flying off walls, killing police officers, <laughs> goes into a door, you see him in the mirror, then he flies through a fucking wall attacking right. a police officer. Yeah, like, that's how those right, right. fuck do they make that happen? And, and, and uh, yes, the and you're whole right. Barrel and, sequence? Oh my god, so bad. Dude, like, there's but, four but, edits that you don't even see. I am not emotionally invested in the movie because I just never buy into it. This you, movie would have. I get you. This movie would have, for me, would have really benefited from being a conventional film. I don't feel that the found footage aspect of it, outside of... They had to, though. Budget-wise, they I, had I understand, to. I understand that, but at the same time, I would rather have seen... A and uh, as, as my brother said, if you are a fan of people throwing up... Yes. This is your movie. There, yeah. is, a, there is a lot of scenes. is a plot point we come back to a lot. As, as well, sure. if you are a fan... Of shaky cam following other people as they scream out that character's name behind them. This is your yeah, kind of movie. This is yeah, definitely. I mean, your that movie. makes a lot of sense. I I think that one of the things that struck me as being the most brilliant was that these directors are also the main two actors, and they did a fantastic job. Even their families com- in it. They're basically yeah, playing themselves. So, yeah. if this happened to them. I thought it was completely believable. Um, one of the things that struck uh, Carlos, who hates horror films was the scene where he's How sort are you of, two married? I know. I know. I know. I know. Opposites attract, right? They but, both drink um, a lot of booze. That's right. We, we <laughs> found both. our love of whiskey. But he loved the part where he's sort of like blacked out and then the guy is like putting his hands over him and he's like smelling his, oh, his yeah, blood. Cool like that, when, that's, that's when he's brilliant. figuring out what's wrong with them. He's like, that's he a wants brilliant blood. scene. You know, we, I, we've never seen that in another vampire yeah, film. Yeah. You know, I know that they originally intended this to be a YouTube series. Yes. yes. And to a certain extent, I wonder if that would have been more effective for me, just seeing it in bursts. Yeah. But as a feature, like, 
I'm so impressed with the filmmaking. I think these guys are smart. I think they're talented. And I agree with you guys. I, I think I'm surprised they haven't people, done a follow-up. Right. And I could see other people enjoying this film. I just didn't I didn't respond. Yeah, to it. it just wasn't our thing. Well, I mean, it didn't do very well in the box office, and most of it was friends and family. Very limited release. I don't think it got the release it probably should. Yeah. And, and, uh, which is too bad, because I do think that, as, as you guys point out, there is an audience for this movie. And yeah, it, the, it's, this, it's this too bad. With a bigger unknowns that if it had had the right studio that realized what they had their hands on and had pushed it, this could have been a chronicle for that. I think or, this, yeah, I know. think there there is a there is a, a, a Blumhouse or yeah or something like that that yeah. this movie. Yeah. There's another alternate reality where this movie makes. You know, maybe not a hundred million dollars, but, yeah. but a seventy million dollars. Yeah. Like seventy kind million of, influences a whole like wave that. of other. And these guys get Mike Flanagan's kind of career yeah. or something like that, which so. is funny because it's not like Flanagan's had a movie that's fucking gone, you know, gangbusters. But it's obvious if you watch his movies. Ouija 2 Which Ouija 2 had really a $10 million well. marketing budget. Yeah. But These I guys had zero market. I didn't even heard of this movie. And I watch sure. TV all the fucking time. But that's what I'm saying. If there was a smart studio picked this up, they would have seen what they had they their hands the radar. on. And, and, and a smart studio would give another movie to these guys. Yeah, even though I'm not a fan of this movie. I don't even movie, understand why they're not I, I agree with anything. you guys. Yeah. Uh, I would like to give a little quick final thoughts of the vampire genre as That'd a whole. That'd be great. Yeah, please. Take us out, patient. I will. I actually am not a big fan of vampire movies. I, I am super like over it. Like Lost Boys and Dracula did everything I needed. Yeah. Interview with a vampire as well did everything I needed for the vampire genre. But I'm really happy that we made this episode because I feel like it made a gave me a renewed interest in the vampire genre as a whole. Because I watched a lot of films I would have never seen otherwise. Life Force. Life yeah. Force being one of them. Um, <laughs> But I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of great vampire films out there if you just give them a chance. And I also think that I was reading an article the other day about how horror films give women a voice. And I think that specifically uh, applies to our vampire films that we did today because there's a lot of them that are female-driven. Nadia, I will give it that one. Girl That Walks Home Alone at Night, Byzantium, uh, even Let the Right One In. I I feel like they're very female-driven, and so that's always good for us female horror lovers to see to see us represented in in horror films. You're as big monsters as we thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, anybody else have a, I mean, an overall? Yeah, I mean, I think I thought about this a little bit, which is that horror, probably more than almost any genre, except for maybe sci-fi, is used for metaphor. It's used to talk about another idea. Um, and vampires especially... I mean, I think that even as far as movie monsters go, the vampire is the metaphor. You know, the idea of the life eternal, the the, the blood sucking. You know, the, the that idea is present in probably every single movie that we've talked about. The vampire represents strongly another thematic idea, and so I think that they're sort of special. And I think that that's why we keep coming back to them. It's interesting. I almost feel as though. I think with the exception of maybe 30 Days a Night, these are not particularly scary movies. Maybe, I guess you could argue Afflicted or whatever. They're sexy movies. Right, they're sexy, they're cool, there's a lot of other things. They're action movies, they're more twists on horror than just straight up scary movies where people are getting knocked off one after the other or something like that. And I think that that 
is what sort of elevates them and and what keeps them fresh is because even something like Byzantium, which Phil was like, it's not a vampire movie, and we can say, oh, but it is, and you can have that debate, you can refresh that idea, and I think vampires especially um, are that creature in the horror genre. So, Hmm? I don't know. I totally agree. I I think the character itself kind of shows in the filming of it, too. Mm -hmm. They're just beautifully shot movies for the most part. Right. I think they attract directors of all kinds mm-hmm. because they're so they're they're so visually. Driven. I will say, out of all the movie podcasts we've done, this was probably the most cinematic of the group. Like That's every, true. like I mean, at least with like the, six of the films the, we ex- watched, with the exception of the Cronenbergs, I think. Yeah, Cronen- well, even Cronenberg got some that didn't look the best. Yeah, I mean, but still, yeah. this for the most part, we had six or seven that were like, "Wow, that's a fucking Beautiful stunning movie." Films. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I think what I find so fascinating about vampires is that we've all been fascinated by them for so long. True. Right? I'm kind of like, what is it specifically about this movie monster that makes it the most enduring in all of human history? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the myths of the vampire go back as far as writing goes back. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been obsessed with this idea or variations on this idea for so long. And yeah, and it keeps going across different cultures and situations. There's something about these concepts that just stick with us. And I think some of these movies we're talking about, like, like you can go everything from campy fun, like Life Force, to really dark and brutal, like 30 Days of Night, to more art, arty and thoughtful, like I guess I'll say not yet. Or Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive. Like, there's so many different ways you can take the vampire and and get something different out of that that idea that is going to find its big group of people that that's extremely appealing to. That I I just say, why wouldn't you want to explore all the different facets of the vampire genre? I think he's still the most fascinating movie monster overall because of that. Um, and so I give vampires ten out of ten. Ten out months. of ten. Provided <laughs> you use fangs, drink blood, stay out of the sunlight, and do other things, you are a vampire. <laughs> Anyway, to we will be, <laughs> be back in a future episode when our next topic is going to be the, the I guess, not not right to say lesser seen, but the lesser talked about, perhaps, Stephen King movies that we still think, or at least some of oh, us think, shit. are worth watching, of which there will still be some debate probably before we completely agree on what those yeah. are. But uh, anyway, we'll get that done as soon as we can, it's still, once again, a lot of movies to watch and track down yeah. <laughs> for some of them. Anybody out there got a copy of The Night Flyer? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks, you guys. Th- thanks to all our listeners. And uh, keep screaming, everybody. Scream it. Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and The Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel.